Well, hello there, my internet friends, and welcome to May 25th. My name is Bill. We are on day 144 of Bible in a Year with Bill. Today, we're going to be finishing up the book of 1 Samuel in the Old Testament. We're going to read chapters 29 to 31, and then we're going to finish up today's reading with Proverbs chapter 29, verses 1 to 14. So let's get right into it. The book of 1 Samuel, chapter 29. The Philistines mustered all their troops at Aphek. Meanwhile, Israel had made a camp at the spring at Jezreel. As the Philistine warlords marched forward by regiments and divisions, David and his men were bringing up the rear with a kish. The Philistine officer said, What business do these Hebrews have being here? Akish answered the officers, Don't you recognize David, ex-servant of King Saul of Israel? He's been with me a long time. I've found nothing to be suspicious of, nothing to complain about from the day he defected from Saul until now. Angry with Akish, the Philistine officer said, Send this man back to where he came from. Let him stick to his normal duties. He's not going into battle with us. He'd switch sides in the middle of the fight. What better chance to get back in favor with his master than by stabbing us in the back? Isn't this the same, David, they celebrate at their parties, singing Saul King... Saul kills by the thousand, David by the ten thousand. So Akish had to send for David and tell him, As God lives, you've been a trusted ally, excellent in all the ways you have worked with me, beyond reproach in the ways you have conducted yourself. But the warlords don't see it that way. So it's best that you leave peacefully now. It's not worth it, displeasing the Philistine warlords. But what have I done, said David? Have you had a single cause for complaint from the day I joined up with you until now? Why can't I fight against the enemies of my master, the king? I agree, said Akish. You're a good man, as far as I'm concerned. God ain't God's angel. But the Philistine officers were emphatic. He's not to go with, with us into battle. So get an early start, you and the men who came with you. As soon as, as, soon as you have light enough to travel, go. David rose early, he and his men, and by daybreak they were on their way back to Philistine country. The Philistines went on to Jezreel. 1 Samuel chapter 30 Three days later, David and his men arrived back in Ziklag. Amalekites had raided the Negev and Ziklag. They tore Ziklag to pieces and then burned it down. They captured all the women, young and old. They didn't kill anyone, but drove them like a herd of cattle. By the time David and his men entered the village, it had been burned to the ground and their wives, sons and daughters all taken prisoner. David and his men burst out in loud wails, wept and wept until they were exhausted with weeping. David's two wives, Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, widow of Nabal of Carmel, had been taken prisoner along with the rest. And suddenly David was in even worse trouble. There was talk among the men, bitter over the loss of their families, of stoning him. David strengthened himself with trust in his God. He ordered Abiathar the priest, son of Ahimelech, bring me the ephod so I can consult God. Abiathar brought it to David. Then David prayed to God, shall I go after these raiders? Can I catch them? The answer came, go after them. Yes, you'll catch them. Yes, you'll make the rescue. David went, he and the six hundred men with him. They arrived at the brook Besor. 
where some of them dropped out. David and 400 men kept up the pursuit, but 200 of them were too fatigued to cross the brook Basor and stayed there. Some who went on came across an Egyptian in a field and took him to David. They gave him bread and he ate, and, and he drank some water. They gave him a piece of fig cake and a couple of raisin muffins. Life began to revive in him. He hadn't eaten or drunk a thing for three days and nights. David said to him, Who do you belong to? Where are you from? I'm an Egyptian slave of an Amalekite, he said. My master walked off and left me when I got sick. That was three days ago. We had raided the Negev of the Carathites, of Judah, and of Caleb. Ziglag we burned. David asked him, Can you take us to the raiders? Promise me by God, he said, that you won't kill me or turn me over to my old master, and I'll take you straight to the raiders. He led David to them. They were scattered all over the place, eating and drinking, gorging themselves on all the loot they had plundered from Philistia and Judah. David pounced. He fought them from before sunrise until evening of the next day. None got away except for 400 of the younger men who escaped by riding off on camels. David rescued everything the Amalekites had taken, and he rescued his two wives. Nothing and no one was missing, young or old, son or daughter, plunder or whatever. David recovered the whole lot. He herded the sheep and cattle before them, and they all shouted, David's plunder! Then David came to the two hundred who had been too tired to continue with him and had dropped out at the brook Basor. They came out to welcome David and his band, and he came near. as he came near, he called out, Success! But all the mean-spirited men who had marched with David, the rabble element, objected. They didn't help in the rescue. They don't get any of the plunder we recovered. Each man can have his wife and children, but that's it. Take them and go. Families don't do this sort of thing. Oh, no, my brothers, said David as he broke up the argument. You can't act this way with what God gave us. God kept us safe. He handed over the raiders who attacked us. Who would ever listen to this kind of talk? The share of the one who stays with the gear is the share of the one who fights. Equal shares. Share and share alike. From that day on, David made that rule in Israel, and it still is. On returning to Ziklag... David sent portions of the plunder to the elders of Judah, his neighbors, with a note saying, A gift from the plunder of God's enemies. He sent them to the elders in Bethel, Ramath-Negev, Jatir, Aror, Sifmoth, Eshtimoah, Rakal, Jeremelite cities, Kenite cities, Hormah, Borashan, Athak, and Hebron, along with a number of other places David and his men went from time to time. 1 Samuel 31. The Philistines made war on Israel. The men of Israel were in full retreat from the Philistines, falling left and right, wounded on Mount Gilboa. The Philistines caught up with Saul and his sons. They killed Jonathan, Abinadab, and Malkishua, Saul's sons. The battle was hot and heavy around Saul. The archers got his range and wounded him badly. Saul said to his weapon-bearer, "'Draw your sword and put me out of my misery, Let lest these pagan pings, pigs come and make a game out of killing me.' But his weapon-bearer wouldn't do it. He was terrified, so Saul took the sword himself and fell on it. When the weapon-bearer saw that Saul was dead, he too fell on his sword and died with him. So Saul, his three sons, and his weapon-bearer, the men closest to him, died together that day. 
When the Israelites in the valley opposite and those on the other side of the Jordan saw that their army was in full retreat and that Saul and his sons were dead, they left their cities and ran for their lives. The Philistines moved in and occupied the sites. The next day, when the Philistines came to rob the dead, they found Saul and his three sons dead on Mount Gilboa. They cut off Saul's head and stripped off his armor. Then they spread the good news all through Philistine country in the shrines of their idols and among the people. They displayed his armor in the shrine of the Ashtoreth. They nailed his corpse to the wall at Beth Shan. The people of Jabesh-Gilead heard what the Philistines had done to Saul. Their valiant men sprang into action. They traveled all night, took the corpses of Saul and his three sons from the wall at Bethshan, and carried them back to Jabesh and burned off the flesh. Then they buried the bones under the tamarisk tree in Jabesh and fasted in mourning for seven days. Proverbs chapter 29 verses 1 to 14. For people who hate discipline and only get more stubborn, there'll come a day when life tumbles in and they break, but by then it'll be too late to help them. When good people run things, everyone is glad, but when the ruler is bad, everyone groans. If you love wisdom, you'll delight your parents, but you'll destroy their trust if you run with whores. A leader of good judgment gives stability. An exploiting leader leaves a trail of waste. A flattering neighbor is up to no good. He's probably planning to take advantage of you. Evil people fall into their own traps. Good people run the other way, glad to escape. The good-hearted understand what it's like to be poor, but the hard-hearted haven't the faintest idea. A gang of cynics can upset a whole city. A group of sages can calm everyone down. A sage trying to work things out with a fool gets only scorn and sarcasm for his trouble. Murderers hate honest people. Moral moral folks encourage them. A fool lets it all hang out. A sage quietly mulls it over. When a leader listens to malicious gossip, all the workers get infected with evil. The poor and their abusers have at least something in common. They can both see, their sight, God's gift. Leadership gains authority and respect when the voiceless poor are traded fairly. As we come to the end of the book of 1 Samuel, we also come to the end of Saul's life. From here, David will take over as king. David and Saul were very different. In times of trouble, David turned to God for wisdom and help, while Saul consistently turned away from God, even at his death. How do we deal with problems and pressures? Max Licato has a cute little story. You came home cranky because a deadline got moved up. She came home grumpy because the daycare forgot to give your five-year-old her throat medicine. Each of you was wanting a little sympathy from the other, but neither got any. So there you sit, at the dinner table, cranky and grumpy, with little Emily. Emily folds her hands to pray, as she has been taught, and the two of you bow your heads but not your hearts and listen. From where this prayer comes... God only knows. 
God, it's Emily. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Mom and Dad are mad. I don't know why. We've got birds and toys and mashed potatoes and each other. Maybe you can get them to stop being mad. Please do, or it's just going to be you and me having any fun tonight. Amen. The prayer is answered before it's finished. You both look up in the middle and laugh at the end and shake your heads and say you're sorry. And you both thank God for the little voice who reminded you about what matters. How do you react to problems and pressures? Ask God to help you lighten up with laughter, forgiveness, and trust that God will give you all the energy you need. Thank you for joining me again on Bible in a Year with Bill. This journey I am on this year is amazing. I'm so glad you're on it with me. Join me tomorrow. Same time, same place. Take care now.